Hi, and welcome to Going Off... Off the Boat. Off Track. Off the Wagon. Going Off the Wagon is a different podcast. We should do that one. We should do that one. I feel like I've been on that one for the last couple months. Uh... I'm we could jo- do it. We could do it the podcast, and you have to guess whether we're on the wagon or off the wagon. I think it'll be pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm Jonah, joined here by Brad. Hello. Um, how's it going, Brad? Uh, it's good. You're about, good, man. You're about to go to Brazil. Going to Sao Paulo. It's very um, exciting. This time for fun. Last couple times I went for work, which was okay. Too. Oh, I assumed you were going for work. No, no. Really? Yeah, no. I've got um. So my wife's brother has lived down there for several years with his family and uh they're gonna probably be moving soon we've been wanting to go visit him for a while and this is kind of the last chance it's you know it's spring break for the kids so wow that's a pretty cool trip yeah i've never been also, down there it's super cheap now because the economy and the mosquito virus and all this shit so it's cheap to get down there what's it is it safe down there <sighs> Because I, I just remember, is that where they were, they did the Olympics? So they're going to do that. The Olympics are coming up. Yeah, I just remember when they announced it, reading all these articles, being like, "This place I, is pretty intense." I mean, I don't know. You know, people have asked me this. It, it's like, you know, is Mexico City safe? You know, I mean, was like, neat, was the East Village safe in right. the eighties and seventies? Like, I don't know. I mean, I know that you know, like. I guess if if you were to go down there or go to Mexico City and you're like a big corporate Coca-Cola guy, you would drive around with armed guards because there's like, there's crime gangs and you would get kidnapped and stuff. Right. And you know, like, you know, somebody will steal your laptop, I guess, if you're in a shitty hotel. I, I don't know, you know, like every time I've gone, I've kind of been with locals. Yeah. And, you know, well- so... It's, t- it's it's difficult for me to say. I have some friends who live in Israel. I'm like, is it crazy? And they're like, no. They're like, there's bombings, but they're like, it's like you hear about them and it sucks, but like, it's life goes on. It's not like it happens like so much where it's you, like you're constantly in fear. Yeah, I mean the, you know, Mexico City. When we were, I was going down there, and one of the guys I was going to go with, you know, it was like a year after that all those kids got murdered remember there was like some kids that got kidnapped from a club and they were american oh yeah vaguely I and remember he was this. like completely tweaked about this and you know i talked to john who who i'm going to see in sao paulo right and he's because he's lived in mexico city he's lived all over south america and you know he was like just like you know he, he was essentially like you just be smart you know there's right. certain things you don't do but at the uh, but after i talked to him I also went through and looked at some statistics of like how many Americans go to Mexico City every year and how many get kidnapped and murdered from nightclubs and it's like it's like you're it's it's safer than, you know, it's safer than most cities in 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 America. Really? Yeah, it's just like yeah, when it comes down to the actual stats. I mean, that said, yeah, Sao Paulo's not as safe as New York City probably. Right. But you know, it's a great place, you know? And you know who's a great guy? Great music. Max Huber. Max is a great guy. I don't know if he would want to go to Sao Paulo. Although yeah. he's been to Brazil. I think he went with the Foo Fighters. Really? For kicks. Yeah. He'll, one thing about, you know, Max has a lot of cool friends. How so long have you, you guys have known each other for how long? 
Well, we talked about it. I met oh, him. We did. And the, I can't remember on this tour that we both. The others were going east, and we were going west with Rancid, and we met in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, and it would, would have been the fall of 94. Wow. That's when I met him and John Bush both. And then and then I live with him here uh, in the house of, also the house where Chris lived from the Foo Fighters, and just a ton of, like, <laughs> pro athletes and stuff. My wife had this four-bedroom apartment for, like, 12 years that just cycled through, like, all these amazing list of people. That's but awesome. Max lived there. Saying Chris lived there at the same time. We were both there at the same time. And then, and Max and I, we didn't, we didn't talk about this, but, you know, we played in a band together. Like, essentially, my last band was with Max. Really? Yeah. What were you guys called? I can't even say it. It's the worst name. Dude, you have to now. It was 30, 30 second charge. 30 second charge. It was literally like a name that got settled at a diner because we were all, nobody nobody liked any name that we could, and we were all completely exhausted. Yeah. We were so exhausted about fighting over a name, and somebody like read that in the back of a magazine, and we're just like, fuck it, that's it, just yeah. call it that. who cares? <clears throat> but I don't think we ever played a show. It was the Johnny and Dino who were from, I had been in the clowns with and then, and Max was the second guitar player when we, when we kind of formed this new band. It was, it was cool, but like, yeah, I don't think we ever played a show out. I can't remember. I don't think he ever actually played live with us in that incarnation, but we had an awesome rehearsal space. It was um, Manitoba's. Oh, no way. Yeah. We would go in there in the afternoon. Dick was cool enough just to let us rehearse there. And, just uh, upstairs or no in the bar really yeah we'd use the pa as like our fucking vocal pa and we kept our gear in the basement of that place fuck i don't even know why this was there's actually like a sauna in the basement really yeah it's like not it's just part of the building maybe the building used to have like a health club or something but it's completely unused so we would put all our amps in there so every time every we'd go there every day to rehearse, we'd pull our amps out of the basement sauna, set up, set up the mics that Manitoba's used for like live shows. And I remember Mistress, Mistress Formica, the drag queen, lived right upstairs, and like you know, would usually like kind of poke poke or his her head in like before like going off to make make her day. It's just a fuck. It's very. It was so East Village when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, this is a little bit of East Village history for you guys. It's probably like two thousand two, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I've known Max for a long time. Great, and I like I talk about in this podcast. I had a poster of Max up in my bedroom as a teenager. A poster of his of the Swing and Utters, yeah. not just of Max. Max definitely it was like he had the best look in those. Yes, though. yeah. <laughs> he had the coolest mohawk in this photo. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Enough talking about Max. Let's talk with to Max. With Max. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Enjoy. It's going on track. What do you mean? Just, you just be wherever you're comfortable with, and I'll I'll do it in post. I'll, I'll make <laughs> it sexy. <laughs> what do I sound? I, I can come make out you sound like, like Barry White. Can make you sound like Barry White or Madonna. I I'll go with <clears throat> Barry White. <laughs> he's got the sexiest voice he, the, he does have the sexiest voice that, that episode man. where <clears throat> he's on the simpsons i don't think i saw that i remember he was on what um, the the it's the the annual 
tradition where they the snake bashing one. Didn't see it, dude. Did oh not my see the god, snake such a classic Simpsons. Simpsons. And to save the snakes, they get Barry White to come over and sing uh uh fucking whatever, one of his awesome love jams right. and all the snakes they put the speakers down on the ground so the snakes come to the vibration and they all come into the house to get away from all the people that are like this they're slamming them dude i never saw that one what yeah. era, what era of simpsons is this uh what year it's i don't know it's <clears throat> the the thing is is like with simpsons it was like the first year was unwatchable second year uh was Meh, and then like by the third year, till like two thousand and eight. So from like nineteen ninety two to two thousand and eight, like they kind of really didn't flub it too much. There, My friends, it know, was they really had. I mean, I, there's the new ones. I haven't really watched that many of them. They're okay. It's not as I watch, great. But, I watch the new ones because the kids like. But it. like basically from like, I don't know. Like like I said like. Two, uh, 1993 to like 2005 or whatever they're all stellar that's like they the, didn't that's the golden period i i dan, I'm, what, dan you know dan ozzy yeah so he does a simpsons trivia night every month but he and he knows everything about and they'll do like a costume one month dioramas but he doesn't watch any or do trivia past 2008 or something he's like yeah i just haven't seen any of those but he's like obsessed with all the ones the period you're talking well about. they just well, clearly they, yeah why he's are, doing dioramas yeah they People and people make these elaborate. Di- they do it once a year. People make these elaborate dioramas of like specific episodes. Well, they just made. They just right. had like their twenty fifth so, fucking anniversary not, or something. The kind of crazy. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And they did Wired. I think it was Wired magazine did a graph of all the episodes and like, and they rated them like color coded them for like definite must see classic. Right. And you can see there's definitely like you're saying there's areas where there's more like cool. Yeah, the but there's, ones. you know, the thing about, like, with any <clears throat> any program that's been on that long, you're going to have, uh, uh, you're going to have kids, or, I shouldn't say kids, you're going to have comic book nerd guys. You can call guys. me a kid. Yeah, well, no, 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 I'm just saying, <laughs> you're going to have people that, that have their, their eras, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah. I loved, like, you know, the, the first five years, and then it started to get a little weird, and then, you know, when Conan O'Brien was writing for the show... Um, Whenever you were in college, man, yeah. that's the era. Well, like, well, well, that's how it is with with SNL <laughs> yeah. too. Like Vanessa, like Vanessa, people are always like, "Oh, I like this era." It's like, yeah, the era when you were like getting big, getting yeah, <laughs> when you were like seventeen is like the best to you, right? Like, um, but what's interesting is I think South Park, the last season, was the best. But I think it's different because it, it's so current event based that yeah. it's always like oh, reflecting the news. Yeah, that. so it's like uh, different. They don't have to think of ideas. The ideas. Like the subject matters there, and they just have to. But do also, their wasn't the last wasn't the last season the one where they uh, they all this all the episodes tied in? Yes, it was the only season I think they've done oh, one really? where it was like yeah. it was one long. Yeah, it was like one narrative. Like you could uh, see them in and out, and you would like still understand what was going on. But yeah, they introduced new characters, and they kind of like went along. They all kind of connected. I just, I just that I don't show don't also stays. I think really consistent. Oh yeah, yeah, and the fact that they that they write the show the week of the show. Right. And Comedy Central just lets them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Obviously. Well, because of the, yeah, I mean, the skill set. I mean, it, admittedly, they ha- they've had some flubs, but then they've also had, you know, outside of, of uh, doing uh, South Park, uh, they had uh, the Broadway success 
<laughs> yeah. And massive, yeah, 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 yeah Broadway yeah, success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I still have to see that. Oh, dude, it's and so then good. also one Have you of the great. No, 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 I I've, haven't seen it. I'm not really a Broadway guy. Went, it was I really good. I wanted to go see it when it was the original cast, but it was it was sold out all the time. I have a connect kind of too. Uh, yeah, and I, I probably could have if I really if I. I want to go. Whatever. Book of Mormon. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. Book of Mormon. Yeah. yeah. You know, I heard it was good, but I also what's what's we call it? The puppet. I mean, the, oh, the Team America thing. Team America, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that takes balls. They made yeah. a movie with puppets. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was amazing. Yeah. And basketball. I thought that was good. Destined yeah, to be that's a fail. The, one of the ones <laughs> where I'm like, hmm, they were still trying to find their way. I, yeah. have to, I haven't seen it in a million years, so maybe either. I have to go back. But, but I haven't watched South Park in a while. It's uh, really. I'm consistently impressed when I do turn it on late at night. Yeah, but I was going to say with Saturday Night Live, the funny thing is, is, is that, uh, you're right. Like there are eras where everybody has their era. You know, the original cast. The the only, I guess, the only era that nobody really was madly in love with was that the weird one where Robert Downey Jr. was on it. Like yeah, people yeah. that you're like, like I didn't even know were on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had a really bad run. I mean, like in the yeah, like the like 80s, after Eddie Murphy early, left or whatever. Yeah, it was like yeah, the yeah. mid eight, like the mid to late eighties. Well, I think Michael, it was like they were going to get for a canceled. Couple years. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah, and then but, they. It yeah. was when that it was when that cast came in that had like uh uh like Phil Hartman and uh uh what's the the Weasley guy that that has David a, Spade yeah yeah, oh, like yeah. Farley like that Sandler yeah, yeah. like yeah when all like, those people started coming in that then it, the then it went really into probably what everybody would consider its heyday yeah yeah uh, even though it's stayed I think consistently great like you know when. The next wave of like the Kristen Wiggs and uh, Vanessa Bayer. Yeah, Vanessa Bayer. <laughs> of <great>. course. <laughs> you know, John is in the credits. Yeah. In the credits. Are, are you in the yeah, credits? I'm in the opening. Yeah, you can see his face. Is yeah. it a dinner? You're dinner. I've with actually it, right? been in it twice. I was in it. Yeah, I was in it for two years, and they changed it for two years, and then they taped another one. I have you put that on your LinkedIn page? Because <laughs> I don't have one, but I should. <laughs> um, Does anyone actually ever respond to those fucking LinkedIn? I was requests? hanging out. I was hanging out with someone. It's like one of those things. Like I better have one, but I don't think it's gonna. No, do. and they always and the way they they send it to you, it's it's always like this weird desperation. Like, yeah, I if was, you don't if you don't respond, like you're screwing over your friend. You I know, like, I was with someone last night, and she was like, I keep getting all these messages. It's like my five year LinkedIn anniversary. And she's like, people can congratulate you. And she's like, all these people. And she's like, I didn't even fucking know it was like, but I guess it like comes up in your LinkedIn. Like it's so-and-so's five-year anniversary. And you can like click to send them like, congratulations. She's like, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the best part of the, uh, the only useful part of Facebook. Yeah. Is, right. is birthday the thing. birthday. Yeah. But that has saved me because I have the worst friggin' memory. And I'm also terrible about, you know, whatever. Me too, sending out mail and cards and all that kind yeah. of shit. So this is, it's just made it so easy. You have a, you have a penis, right? <laughs> yes, I right. have. Yeah, so that yeah, explains I do have that. A penis, yeah. That's um, the problem. That's the problem with mail, with sending out cards and with, uh, with remembering birthdays. birthdays. Let, me, yeah. let me say this, though. <laughs> yeah. I think Testosterone prevents those things from occurring. Right. I agree, <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying, but I will say, Max, I think it's actually made... Wishing someone a birthday just basically so easy that it's like means nothing. Oh, yeah. Now you just, you're like, oh, this person fucking went on Facebook and like well, spent two seconds. It's like so depersonalized to me. To it, that's true. But at the same time, uh, uh, okay, this has also made it uh, a little weird where it gets, you know, competitive where people are like, you know, how many birthday wishes did I get? Yeah. Like, yeah. I got, you know, like I was noticing other people's birthdays and i didn't realize like i didn't turn on whatever the thing is that you need to turn on to like let people know it's your birthday right and i was like no one is 
wishing me happy birthday. And I felt really heartbroken. And then I realized like it wasn't turned on. Turned it on. I got a shitload. And I was like, woohoo. <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, the massive amounts of. Yeah, you, you don't even care. You're everybody. just looking at the number. You're not even yeah. reading the birthday messages. <laughs> yeah. You're just going like. Yeah, oh, yeah 500 dude. birthday messages. Woo! <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, but it's still, it's nice to it's think nice. that yeah. that people care. people are, even if they're taking two seconds out of their day, uh, that they're, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're right. They're wishing you happy birthday. I have just a cynical perspective on everything. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's it's like a friend of mine's dog passed away the, last night. It's one of those heartbreaking things where they, you know, they're, they they're Facebooking from the, yeah, the hospital. And, uh, the dog hospital. And it's also, yeah, that's where you go, like, am I supposed to like this? I know. Well, don't yeah. they have a thing now where you can be. Well, now you can make like a frowny face or whatever, but yeah. But, but for <laughs> a long like, time, I was always like, you're at the hospital, I was like, man. yeah, yeah. Like, somebody's <laughs> like, oh, somebody died. And it's like, oh, yeah, I laughed. I, you know, I, like, I, yeah. yeah. I, it's I, like, uh, maybe that's kind of lame. I used to do that on purpose. Like, if someone's like, ugh, I lost my keys or something bad happened, I'll be like, like <laughs> okay, yeah, but losing your keys is a little different than yeah. like yeah, yes. than, than the than the funny joke of like, ha ha, your parent died. Yeah, that's true. But but uh, I, I think liking it means like I acknowledge this in that sense, th- see, right? That's what I'm wondering. I think it is. I don't think you're like, yes, I've been wishing for this. That's yeah. what it means. But but there are still, weird ones where you notice there's way more comments than there are likes when it's like a you oh, know yeah. a tragedy, and if, I think that like people go like. They I'm also are all something. sitting there going, should I like or not? Right. Like, maybe I'll just leave a comment. Here's, yeah, here's, with like the animal passing away. But it's a nice way to be able to, to send yeah. somebody like a condolences that you would not have otherwise been in touch with. That's true. And I think it helps people, you know, when they... No, it does. They get massive condolences from friends all over the world that wouldn't otherwise be normally in touch. You know? Uh, here's... here's oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> My favorite thing is when people get in arguments, people who don't know each other but are both mutual friends with someone, and then, like, some, they post something, and then, like, these people who don't know each other will start going after each other. Yeah, oh, no, I love That is my it. favorite. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll instigate it just to see how the yeah. people get into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have somebody, I think it's Zippy, friend of mine, who's like... He has this one, like racist, like, right wing friend, yeah. And he's like, and there was, I was, and I've, I've noticed that this guy will post whenever Zip, because Zippy's pretty liberal, and he'll like say something, and this guy will always post, and like I realized, like one of one of the recent posts, somebody like reacted to his friend's like bullshit statement, and Zippy's like, yeah, no, he's a total douchebag. I only leave him on my friend list so that people can see, like, what is how did he word it, like how far. You can fall from being cool to being a douche. Right. He's well, like saying this after yeah. his buddy's post. I'm, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in a Facebook group with some friends, and there's a whole section that's like post racist memes that your family has posted. Oh, and people right. just compile them, and they're like, dude, my uncle sent this, check it out. And it's yeah, yeah. some of the craziest shit you've ever seen. And they're like, yeah, no, like they really posted yeah. this. Like Barack Obama's a gay monkey. Yeah, from yeah, Kenya. exactly. You're totally. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's weird when you start to. Like, as your friends get older, they start to become their parents. Yeah. And yeah. they start getting more conservative and they get, and they start, you know, all of a sudden they're posting this weird uh, conspiratorial shit that you're just like, yeah. Really? Like, you guys don't seem like, I don't feel like I've gotten more conservative. Do you guys feel like you New have? York, you're, no. You know what? The thing about New York is. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit it's different. It's the land. It's the fucking Never Never Land, dude. It keeps you young. I don't know. It keeps you smart. Yeah, but it also makes you. In, Fucking insane! Like it, and, and and it can make you. There are times where you go like, Jesus Christ! Like, you know, there are serious 
freaking weirdos. I mean, oh, I yeah. take the subway a lot, you know, and like uh, you run into to, you know, for every time I take the subway, there's moments where you're sitting on a car uh, and you're like, wow, like I'm literally in a, a, a microcosm of the world. Right. Like you look around and you're like, uh, you know, there's like f- five white people, like 10 Asian people, you know, uh, a, whatever, like a bunch of black people, Latin, Hispanic, whatever. And it's kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, each subway car is like this weird yeah. and... It's uh, the only place like that in the world, too. And for also, for every sane person, there's, you know... There's insane yeah, person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's weirdos. <laughs> but, dude... I gotta say, uh, New, York having, has, New York probably has the have, most amazing weirdos ever, of any place. But have in you the, ever lived in the country, like in the in a rural area? Well, when I was a kid, uh, when I would go visit my dad, uh, you know, for like two or three weeks out of the summer, kind of thing. Uh, parents separated. But since he lived in like Nowheresville, Pennsylvania. No, when I was like a kid, people. I grew. I mean, I really grew up in like. Uh, I, I mean, some of the time in the summer was was full on i mean i had feathered hair parted in the middle like you know well, that, like going you to the roller, like roller ring like your look now and yeah let me just point out that max has got uh, uh, feathered hair right feathered hair. let me point out that i had a <laughs> it'll never go away <laughs> i had a poster of max in my bedroom in high school Sweet. Um, you had a huge uh, Jonah, mohawk Jonah, we shouldn't talk about this it was the juvenile, oh, product, he was juvenile product of the working class <laughs> cover poster with a pink and you had this huge mohawk and I thought it was like the coolest poster. It, I mean, I had a lot of other posters. I'm sorry, too. I thought you were going no, somewhere no, no, else. No, no, no. I was hoping that that was the only poster. <laughs> no, there were a lot of just this. over the bed with some candles underneath <laughs> yeah, 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 it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was, it was like that, like no effects, liberal animation, yeah, yeah. like some of the classics. But yeah, Jonah, I was just at your apartment. You still have I that? Do, I do. <laughs> it's yeah. Oh well, come on. Those you know th- those some of those posters were actually pretty cool. Yes. like I was proud of, of the artwork that was that that. Not on every one of our our records, but uh, the juvenile product. Uh, uh, Frank Kozik did it. Oh really? Yeah. Him. And I was like, and uh, I told him what I wanted. You know, the weird sort of riot scene and the way and the you know the colors and uh, he did it. And he was so cool. He was, I mean, really cool guy. It was he, when he was, had a uh, Man's Ruin Records and. Uh, the the I mean well, obviously we'll let, not to get in probably this it was kind of like the heyday. Remember when that, all, the, say, that poster art yeah. shit was going on? Like there was a lot of guys. You guys doing, were in a great spot in terms of like yeah, we were just the one that man that didn't cash in on cool like cool label, <laughs> cool label, cool like time period. You yeah, know what I mean? No, great like, tours. Yeah, like like that, I, no. stuff like the Kozik. Art, I would say like, it was like this. It was the sort of well. Maybe the third. I mean, obviously, coming of of like punk rock. Yeah, like you had like the 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 original late seventies shit. Uh, Then you had the the eighties rebirth with you know hardcore and all that kind of stuff. And then there was like a whole another level of nineties. Even though we weren't really representative of fat, we love the label, we love the bands, but we did not sound like a fat band. Which is one of the things that I really loved about Mike signing us was. Fat Mike signing us was uh, was the fact that uh, we didn't sound like No Use for a Name or right. Lagwagon or No Effects. Like we weren't one of those bands, and I felt like he sort of stepped out on a limb for us. Well, and uh, it, admittedly, I kind of forced the issue. Here's my question: I've always wondered this about the others. I uh, 
I remember going to record stores and there was like a 10 inch, like Johnny P. Bucks. Is yeah. that like, so that was a like a pre-Utters thing and then it formed out of that? No, it was, okay. uh, it was always the same thing. It was just that gotcha. we realized the name was, it, it was always stupid, but it was really stupid when it was extra long. Yeah. What when was, it was the Johnny name? P. Bucks and the Swinging Utters. Yes. Like it was embarrassing. <laughs> it still is. I can't believe I remember that, yeah. No, it was one of those things where every time I came home, like, uh, you know, from tour, and I'd come back, and I'd, you know, my family was around, they're like, oh, we hear you're playing in a band, what's the name? I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I always felt, but it's one of those things you also, you know, Dude, we just for me, <laughs> I always thought about it, but, you know, like, if you think about so many other band names, uh, they're not that great, <clears throat> but you sort of just, you know, you move on, like, yeah, the, yeah. Bands always the overcome the name. Like, that's a cheesy ass. Yeah, yeah. But you never think of it, and you just now you just hear the Beatles, and you're automatically like, okay, you know, greatest band ever. Yeah. Uh, but even has the misspelling, which may, which would be you associate with a cheesy band. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those cheesy, like the rest of the the, the weird <laughs> uh, English invasion bands that had really right. terrible names. You know, like, but or the K and Z bands of the eighties. But there's so, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. But this, you know, you sort of, when you, once the band, the bands can transcend their dumb names. Exactly. And I hoped that we sort of transcended you our dumb did. name. You definitely did. I never nobody... thought of you guys having a dumb name at all. Thank you. I mean, and look at the other <laughs> bands. We like, tried so hard to make it look cool with our, with, uh, it did look our, cool. our logo. You know, like, look at the other bands that were on the label, like Frenzel Rom. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. like there were some much worse. Yeah, that sounds like a Nazi band, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally not one, or even remotely close. Like, like, even, Diesel Boy. Even No like, Use always kind of, that always irritated Gas me little, That was one of those names. Oh, yeah. No use for a name. Yeah. It's just, you're like, okay, I get it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it was, and, and you know, the funny thing was, is uh, when we, we, we did a, uh, probably maybe one of my favorite tours ever was, uh, we did, it was Us. No use for a name and suicide machines. We did a European tour together, and it That's was pretty awesome. Yeah, and it was like I don't know, like fifty shows in forty-eight days. <laughs> it was totally insane. Right. Uh, uh, us and No Use shared this double-decker bus, which for us was you know we were the first time on a bus. Right. And we were like woo, and it was rad. It was like you know bunks and a, up uh, on the upstairs there was bunks and the, but there was a back like a uh, room for playing video games. There was a weird front area too. And then downstairs was just a, a huge lounge. And uh, at the time, you know, uh, I was really motivated. And I'd been to Europe before. A lot of these guys, you know, punk band members, they just wanted, they were like, the food's weird. And, you know, right. I just want to play video <laughs> games. And it's freaking lame. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> You're, I'm going to drag you out every day. Like we we drove overnight every morning. We'd get to a new city and I, I would drag them out and take them to, you know, see old shit. Right. Like we refer to everything. Look, old shit. Uh, go to cathedrals, go to museums, go walk around, explore yeah, the, the city. You never think then come do. back, do sound check, <clears throat> play a sh show, get shit faced and start all over again. <laughs> but it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was Shiflet was still in no use. Oh, really? That's where we really started to really super bond. I mean, we met on the first Warp tour, but that's where we really. I mean, that tour, me, him, John Bush, uh, really started to bond. Wait, on the you say the first Warp tour, the I very mean, first Warp tour, 
We met on the very first Warped Tour. On 95? It was 95? Yeah, summer of 95. I always thought it was 94. Well, maybe it was. Because I think it was 95. I, but I'm pretty sure it was summer of 95 because I remember we... And they had sworn that they just got off this parking lot tour and described it to me. No, I can't. No, I'm I'm blanking a little bit. But all I remember is that I think we were on the Warp Tour. um, I suppose I could Wikipedia. It was one of those, you know, like. I'm probably the wrong one. It was 95. Dude, I worked on the program at AP for like. Okay. I'm positive. Right. Right. Okay. We'll go with the journalist. Yeah, with me, my role in the Swing Out is always, besides, you know, playing guitar and and songwriting and shit like that, uh, was motivator like the rest of the guys were right, uh, were rad guys and I, they were my best friends and we were you know it's like being in a band you know you guys all know that uh it's like uh uh you know having five wives or whatever yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's beyond just family um it's a marriage and they were sticks in the mud right. they didn't want to they didn't want to sign a fat they, really? I mean, I, they didn't. We first signed to to uh, to um, Nikki Garrett from the UK Subs uh, record label, New Red or New Red Archives. Oh yeah, that's what um, uh, the original uh, Streets of San Francisco. Streets of San came Francisco, out on. yeah, yeah. The, I remember that. And then Fat re put it out uh, eventually later, but um, and that was awesome. I mean, like meeting Nikki Garrett from the UK Subs was the coolest thing to me. Like when I was a little kid, they were one of the first bands I ever heard of. Uh, just because I saw them on the back of somebody else's leather jacket. Um, and he was such a cool guy, and he had so much amazing shit. Like, he was one of those collectors that just kept all his stuff from all the, the subs tours. Oh, wow. And I remember he gave me a, a, a badge, um, or a pin, or whatever the fuck you call it. Badge, I guess they call it in the UK. <laughs> but it's like a, it was like a square enamel badge that was from their 1978 uh, Poland tour. Dude, <laughs> I know, so gnarly. Wait, like a like a sew on pad? No, no, no. Like a uh, it was like it a was, button. Yeah, but like but big, like a big, big and square and and uh, enamel. Like oh, wow, yeah, you still got it's, it. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> That's like rock and roll museum hall of fame kind yeah, of shit. Dude. Uh, but um, anyways, we all lived in Santa Cruz, and I was like, we all have to move to San Francisco. You know, that's five guys. Right. Uh, and some of them with uh, girlfriends that they're currently now are their wives <laughs> that they have children with. But it was like, we have to move. Like, if we want to go anywhere, we got to get up there and get into the, that San Francisco scene, which was just starting with, you know, Green Day and Rancid right. and all that kind of shit was going on. Uh, so they moved. I mean, that's amazingly, it was like pulling teeth a little bit, but they, they all did move, which I'm massively proud of them. And then, you know, when it, with Fat Records, after, after the, uh, with Nicky Garrett, like, we went on some really messed up tours. Some of them were, were actually fun, but our booking agent was a total idiot. And, like, we did a tour with, uh, with Chaos UK, I think it was our first tour of the, of the U.S., and the last show was in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> we're a San Francisco band. <laughs> like, we didn't know that until we got there, and then there was nothing else booked. Like, right. he was like, oh, and then, and then started not answering the phone. <laughs> so, you know, this is back when they had, like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but they, um, they put out this, uh, I think, 
Maximum Rock and Roll. Book put your own it, fucking life. Book, yeah, book your own life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And literally, it was the coolest thing. I mean, kids today will never understand. It's so different, but they will never understand what it was like without the cell phones. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they existed, but we didn't have any. Uh, but just being in the back of a pickup truck and you just book your own life literally had just the, na- the names and numbers of people's homes. Yeah. And then, you know, like restaurants that you might be able to get in some venues. And we just use that yeah. on our way home. We just called people up and uh, Emo's in Austin, Texas. Uh, Emo himself uh, uh, just booked us into the venue and put us on like a, a killer show and we had an amazing time with him and uh that's awesome that was such a great club yeah it's not there anymore no at all there's no more emos maybe they moved or, uh, <clears throat> the original though the outdoor stage yeah yeah it's not oh there yeah anymore. you're right before they, they didn't even have the outdoor stage they just had the, the actual yeah, just yeah. bar like that's the first time i think we like played there but fucking quarter stage or yeah the corner <laughs> yeah that's you're what like we played off the front Kogi the clown stage Infamous. But anyways, <laughs> the long story getting longer is, uh, so, uh, we went, I went with, uh, Omar and, uh, uh, Lars from Rancid to, uh, not the BFD, which is in Southern California, but there's the Northern California had another big radio event that was down in like san mateo i forget what the hell it was called but like you know it was at the time it was like duran duran and and elastica which were actually kind of rad yeah um but uh and joe's band uh joe sabiondo's band um uh oh uh see this is one of those moments you're gonna have to, <laughs> gonna have to edit we fucking played with those guys too <laughs> um well we have to edit for both of us <laughs> Um, his second band with Steve, the guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll slug it in. Yeah, yeah. smart. <laughs> Where is it like, Joe's band, bra, 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 bra. I can't believe I'm forgetting it right oh now. Like, uh, Is that the sad one dummy, dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Quick, yeah. find it before I get here. Come on, dude. No, it's my fault I brought it up. But anyways. 22 Jacks. 22 Jacks. <laughs> Yeah, Joe's band, Twenty Two Jacks, just who is a great band. I love that band. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. Uh, so they were there, and all I remember is <laughs> is uh, like Omar was tagging along with me. Uh, Lars, we got pulled over on the way there too. By the way, in this like shitty van by the cops, and this is one of the the and I had uh, my hair done and nails, and you know <laughs> Lars looked like Lars, and uh, and Omar looked like you know somebody that just fuck was illegally across the border. <laughs> <laughs> and when co- was this now this is like this is 1996 maybe okay. or five right maybe sometime i don't know everything was happening really quickly but i just remember meeting mike and uh well we got pulled over yeah and and my military id was one of the things that always got me out of everything uh at that time uh, my nice, yeah. My Marine Corps ID was the cops would just be like, "Get out of here!" It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times your, I was like, "Compare your hair blacked style? out, drunk." Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not proud at all, right. but a kid and being stupid, and the cops are just like, "You know, drive home." <laughs> it's 
So there it is, kids. But, join yeah. join the Marines for that card because it'll make the rest of your life a lot easier. <laughs> the one yeah thing you're gonna get out of it. Uh, but uh, anyways, so we get to the show. Um, we meet Mike, and I just go up to him and and introduce myself. Uh, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I like your band. You know, let's maybe we can do a, a seven inch." And I was like, "No, no, no, no. I want to do an album." And I just was, I was like, I want to be on, I wanted to be on fat. I wanted to do an album. He's like, okay, uh, you know, I'll come check out one of your shows and et cetera, et cetera. And we got into a weird, it was at the time when, uh, you know, like I said, Green Day was blowing up, Rancid was blowing up. So major labels also got interested. Not that there was ever a bidding war, but uh, this guy, Jim Guierno, who ran... He was like a big wig at like, uh, like, um, what's the, uh, the big record label, um, uh, like, uh, it wasn't the Bertelsmann BMG. Is that, that, was that a big record label? Am I thinking Bertelsmann Music Group or something? Yeah. BMG, BMI. I mean, not BMI. Um, BMG was a collective. Yeah. And they own, they they had like, they they own like, like whatever yeah, like yeah. mca yeah, or yeah. whatever yeah anyways you know he signed like uh alanis morissette and all these other bands that and so he had you know he's one of those guys i went he wanted to sign the band flew me down to uh la i met him in his office you know platinum records all over the wall everywhere super nice but really the whole thing was mega cheesy like they they were opening up a new independent label um <clears throat> in Laguna Beach. He put me up in this crazy fancy hotel. Uh trying to impress the young guy. Yeah. Punk. Yeah. It, he had Didn't uh, work? he had Duff McKagan call me at the hotel. Really? No yeah. way. What did he say? He was like, you know, you really should sign with uh uh you know Jim. <laughs> He's like, you know, we play golf or whatever or my manager plays golf with his manager kind of thing. Or or they my manager plays golf with him. Right. He's a cool guy, but I was just, I mean, this is, Guns N' Roses were, had just broken up or whatever. Yeah. I don't know when they, when they, when did they sort of split, like 94 or yeah, 5? Yeah, 94, <clears throat> 95. Yeah, so they, you know, and they were, that first record was a huge deal to me. Um, And then he came down to, uh, and actually Duff and I became friends for a moment. Right. Like, he was doing the Neurotic Boy Outsiders. Right. Uh, the Steve Jones thing? Yeah. Which okay. was fucking fun as shit. The records may not have been the greatest things you've ever heard. They're, I, I kind of liked some of the stuff. It's cheesy. It's very Steve Jonesy. Steve Jones, really. Yeah. But he is such a fucking cool dude. All of them were really cool. Jones is so It was so such much a weird group of guys, too. It was, it was <clears throat> Who else John was Taylor it? from Duran Duran right. was playing bass. Oh, right. Uh, Duff was playing guitar. Um, and... Uh, uh, the other, the drummer from uh, GNR was on drums. Uh, what's his Sorum? face? Sorum? Yeah, Matt Sorum. All right. Um, yeah, and so, like, we'd go to their shows and... and uh, but what happened with this Oh, anyway, guy? so, yeah. So I went down, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Uh, you, like you went off track. Is, yeah, yeah that's I'll what you're do supposed that to do. Like Omar. That's what, that's what we're here for. <laughs> no dude. one knows who Omar is, but Omar Roher is the, is the, <laughs> is the greatest at long stories long. 
Half the people listening to this might know who Omar is. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, up, Omar? Uh, uh, so I went down to where they were building the the um, the new label office, the headquarters, and it was like in the works, and they had like you know like all the shit that was going on in the nineties, you know, like where. Right. All office spaces were like giant toy stores. Right. Everything looked like uh um open Yeah, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory right. kind of shit. Yeah. Right. And he was like, What do you think? And I, I just remember one time saying, like, be rad if you guys had a basketball court and he was like, done. Like weird shit like that. Like, you know, Dude, he like was bring somebody over me like, like a basketball fucking... court, put it in. I never heard this story. This is hilarious. Yeah, and then he and then he flew up to uh i you know like I, I i came back he flew up to san francisco he took the band out to dinner at like the most shishi joint in sf uh that was like the trendiest spot at the time and my band most of the guys in the band had never been to a restaurant uh you know above right like a taqueria <laughs> So they were totally confused. <laughs> the whole thing massively backfired. It was really awkward. Really? Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Uh, and anyways, later that night, uh, we played a show at uh, Gilman Street. Everybody came out. Um, and Mike came. Jim Guerrero came. Uh, and... Uh, Somebody else that was I know the the guys from um, from Offspring, some of the guys from Offspring were there, and then they all went after the show. We all went back to uh, a hotel to play poker, which I didn't know how to play, and I wasn't playing. And are you no, hand- just stretching? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, I think you're trying to hand me something. <laughs> Sorry, some ahead. booze. You need um, other, you need any more? Uh, I will. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the signal. Okay. Yeah. This is the, the international it. sign. <laughs> Got it. Um, anyways, they were playing poker. It was totally insane. It was so much friggin' money. I oh, mean, for geez. me at the time, you know, like all the hands were like, and, you know, Guerno, I think also was uh, managing or had something to do with offspring. Uh, and I just remember the uh, the drummer who was a really nice guy, but he was not particularly good at oh, the, the whole drummer. drumming thing. Yeah. I know I'm going out on a limb here, okay. but whatever. I think everybody knows. gives a shit. He's not, yeah. <clears throat> they got rid of him, didn't they? Yes, they did. <clears throat> uh, and I have another gnarly story about that guy, but uh, not, not that he did anything wrong, but uh, Best to keep him separated from the rest of the band. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Nice. That's number, that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he was just like the 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 guy didn't know how to play but he had you know he was loaded because at that point keep him separated had, right. had become a huge Smash. fucking hit yeah <laughs> wow oh sorry, God. sorry that's done. two <laughs> i got one left oh sorry max i, sorry. I don't know when you could bust it out it'd be amazing yeah. i don't know what it is you but... know that jonah's a punster that's this is his pride and joy okay. that's no that's pretty good actually that's what i do that was actually the smash one was 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 the best yeah that one was more in context yeah sorry max continue your story please yeah <laughs> you know i'm sure you're all dying here at the end of this one <laughs> my point being is that it was like he was playing cards jim garen was like you know Fold, shut up, you know, like whatever. Just, and I'm not 
wow, making Jimmy Guerrero sound like a bad guy just in case he ever wants to hire me for something. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just crazy high stakes, but Mike cleaned up. Really? He just, yeah, he's so that much. Figures. Mike is, like, Fat Mike is, is unbelievably good at all the weird, like, like any kind of card game, bowling, pinball, I mean, uh, yeah, pinball, uh, pool, whatever. He'll kill you in any of it. But see, poker is I mean, he could one never those... play like a, I don't think Mike could ever play uh, like a normal sport. Like, he wouldn't be good at no, football No, no, I'm not surprised basketball. because poker is one of those things that, like, guys who, like, own companies and presidents have all been, like, really good poker players. Supposedly, Nixon was a killer poker player. And there's a whole list of them. Kennedy, like, tons of presidents have been renowned poker players. But also, like, it's just one of those... Yeah, well, okay, but that's cards. implying that... that I'm not I mean, surprised that, that, sort of, that sort of says that, like, that, that you know, uh, being a poker player means that you're, you know... Because it's about You're exceptionally... It's it sort of... It, it, like, if you're good at playing poker, it means you're going to be good at, uh, you know, politics, which sort of does make sense it goes hand in hand yeah but at the same time like uh you know poker playing relies on whales you know like some of the richest yeah, yeah, people yeah. on the planet that just lose right you know like i mean somebody <laughs> has to oh you know <laughs> everybody has to, has to lose only one person gets to win right you know uh but yeah there's i guess there's there's a i mean there's literally volumes of books written on it yeah 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 but I was so impressed with Mike. That, that's that, uh, why you signed to Fat. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just like, you know, also that he was a he lived in the SF. I was, you know, we were we were becoming friends. We became fast friends after that, and it just to me it was so much more important than going to a major label. Yeah, you would have got at the time. I was, was like, so I was like, I was, I was, I knew what our band sounded like. I was like, <clears> we weren't <throat> made for. They wouldn't have known what to do with you. That's the that's exactly. the biggest. It's not that you couldn't go there and and be successful. It's that that they couldn't accommodate you. Like that's the lessons that I've learned with a lot of this. But uh, yeah, but that, that was my fear. Exactly, that was my. I was like, I knew what we sounded like. We were like street rock, you know, like street punk or whatever they called it. Um, it's now it's you know like you have bands like uh, uh, Dropkicks that were um, you know really good friends of ours at the very beginning. Uh, still are friends of ours. Uh, but they went on, they, they took it to the umpteenth level. They were so much right. smarter. My band were actually real life <laughs> drunken idiots. Uh, we never, you know, thought beyond the, the next thing that was in front of us, our next show. They, Dropkicks, like, took that sound and, like, you know, got in touch with Guinness and, you know, got sponsorships and, you know, they were sober, which helps a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and they just were, they were so business minded and n this isn't taking away from their music, but they, it was just, they were so much smarter about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And they, and they, you know, and you see now it's like they're, they're synonymous with Boston. And yeah. also they made that effort to sort of become like Boston's band, you know, like right. where now it's like they play them at the, at baseball games that any, anytime there's a feature on Boston. They'll bring that the the song from uh, the Departed out, <laughs> the coming up to coming up to Boston or whatever or, or whatever the song's called. Did you guys ever play with Jawbreaker? 
No, I wish. I saw Jawbreaker uh, a, a couple times and uh, was a fan. I actually liked as they progressed, though. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that they got better. Like, uh, um, what was the, the is it, I think it's their last record. The one oh, with Dear the, You? Yeah, Dear You. Was, the major league one, yeah. Yeah, it was my, yeah. But I, it might have been my favorite. I really like that There was one. a lot of, you could hear that they, there was a lot of influence from being on tour with uh, Nirvana on that record. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a good thing. I thought it kind of helped round out their sound. Unfortunately, then they split up, and I don't know if you became a fan of Jets to Brazil or... I did, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it was diff- that was a lot Very different. different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a band that I would love to... They've never done a reunion. They have haven't. They? There's been rumors. There's a photo of them playing together. There's actually a band called Jawbreaker Reunion. That's the name <laughs> of the band. Like, that's how into it people are. But no, yeah. they, they haven't. They uh, haven't are Jawbreaker it. Reunion any good? Uh, I've never listened to them. But Blake's been doing... So- Blake played our last live podcast, did a Jet song. But he oh, was, right on. He was in California, I guess, doing a lot of Jawbreaker stuff, acoustic. I guess he started playing again. I haven't. Mm. I kind of lost touch with him a Could little bit. Could be warming into it. Yeah. They were like they were like the one of the like uh you know like the thinking man's punk band right. yeah. from from that scene. You know like Green Day were like this the 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 stupid stoner dudes. <laughs> Rancid were the crazy, you know, punk rock guys even though they were uh sober. Yeah. Um but they I mean, I have to say at the time uh they put on hands down the best live show yeah. I've ever seen. We, and, I've said and that touring before. with them was like we they took us on our very first European tour, uh, and it was the fucking funnest time. Uh, you know, Lars and I were really, really, really tight friends uh, ages ago. I haven't spoken to him in a long time, which is you know a bum out. But but uh, well, that's where we met, dude. You and I met. Oh yeah, Salt Lake City. Yeah, exactly. That was not. That was 1994. I'm almost. That, no way. Yes, because that's when we were on tour with them. We were touring with them oh, in '94. Okay. It had to be. And we played Salt Lake City. It was the only show that we all played together. Because you guys, yeah, you were guys, going we were, we were, east we, and we, we were picked going up west. the rest. We picked. I think we finished out the, the last couple days of the tour. You Maybe. had done all the rest. You had done everything up to then. Yeah. At that point. But so. But this is what, so that was definitely 94, because that's when we were touring with Rancid. I don't know. It, it was, it was the fall You of think 94. everything's in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Red's obsessed with 94. But what was, year were you born? Was, <laughs> so it was Stormy, were you guys working with Stormy then? Uh, because that yeah. would have been before you signed a fat, right? Yes. We, but we, yeah, we picked up Stormy. Once again, it was me just, uh, like, she came to, uh, it was a Rancid show at Gilman Street. Right. We were playing with them, and I just remember going up to her and being like, you got to be our booking agent. Like she was the best at the time, she was and she and she turned out to get even bigger and huger and and yeah. so powerful that like uh, she did amazing amazing shit for us. I mean, that was the reason she was so great was that she used that power to fucking for uh, for stand her up little, for, the, for her little the bands. little bands. Yeah, yeah. it was so she, awesome. Yeah, it's, we had a we had a venue that we played in in Philly uh, that try to rip us off yeah. for our money. And she took away an offspring show that was going to be at like a friggin' yeah. 10,000 seat yeah. place. She moved it. She would totally, yeah. she would totally, she literally, she was, yeah. she was so awesome. punk rock, dude. She, when we, 
because we she wasn't she when we signed to Warner Brothers she was really kind of a little bit uncomfortable with that she was so punk rock she didn't want to like she kind of didn't want to deal with the label but she was a she was a beast she was fucking she would do that she would not just like threaten to do it she would fucking do it she That's was awesome. so awesome and she was like you know she's the coolest the, person like, in the music yeah, business if ever. you saw her <laughs> on the street you would think oh my god there's you know like there's no way this you know she's she was like what five three yeah uh really pretty but like you know sort of had she's that like, normal looking the girl yeah. next door she's the girl next door look yeah, yeah. really pretty and yeah and and you know and uh uh mormon and i mean that in a in a, a very uh positive way yeah. like you know really like hard working but they don't swear so it's kind of yeah. weird you know it's, fu- it's funny that like the non-swearing thing when they you know like gosh dang it you know uh and just really uh very quiet yeah and sweet very sweet and just dealing with like the craziest people on the planet yeah but also she she just you know because she was as good as, at what she did as she was, uh, she wielded a ton of power. Yeah, and and she so, fucking used it. it and she, yeah, but like you said, she used it for she used it to help the little bands. Yeah. The big bands didn't need it. Yeah, they were getting you know the the great venues and the great shows and everybody wanted. But she leveraged it to Dude, make sure exa- that the, we, the little bands got taken that, care of. It's exactly what she she we we fucking called her one time from a venue. Same deal. They weren't going to pay us what they what they guaranteed. She, she was on the phone for 30 seconds with the fucking promoter and that was it he paid yeah. us in full yeah exactly because <laughs> he knows she, he, her 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 roster yeah was a roster that that no one wanted to get left out on at yeah. the time you know i mean like we've been talking about it was it was it was when that that whole weird yeah. punk revival thing was going on. I mean, it wasn't just the offspring. That was the no, but she had that Ransom, was that was had, the nuke. But she had plenty of other fucking yeah, high powered missiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was a yeah loads of other ones. Yeah, uh, no effects. I mean, at the, yeah. I think she did all of them at the, at the time. She did like most of the big fat bands, which a lot of them were actually an epitaph. You bands. forget where yeah, an epitaph bands, but a lot of them were. Uh, you know, people forget, but in the the late '90s, uh, they were big bands. They well, commanded. You know, I mean, they're they, also they, bread and butter bands because they're not. You're not fucking talking about arenas where there's actually like a little more. I think that those like you know those like thousand cap kind of bands were real bread and butter for these promoters because it's like it's a little more guaranteed, you know, and there's not as much risk. So yeah, you know, like no, for sure. But I mean, you know, she she kind of could dictate what bands went on uh, the Warp Tour, yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, she just she got us so many great tours. But uh, and she did so much for the band. But yeah, another person that I had to just go like, you need to work with us. <laughs> that's pretty. And awesome. just turn on as much charm that i'm i mean that's really not showing right now but she's the most val- I can she's more I valuable to. than a label or a manager or anything is a good booking agent yeah it's the hardest thing to get too yeah yes definitely and her, and her routing like uh she would never route you like you'd go bang 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 and if you had to drive for more than like five hours you'd but we were also the off. willing band like we, we we never turned down a tour and we were also willing to do uh the most insane routing 
We just we just would. We knew we like we were like we You're can't, the wild card. We couldn't turn it down. You're the wild card. Band. I mean, we we literally uh, one time driving through Indiana in the middle of winter, our uh, van was I don't know what the fuck happened to it, but it, it uh, uh, was catching on constantly catching on fire. So we had to have like a fire extinguisher, and every like two seconds, it was just pouring oil out of the bottom of it. <laughs> And, uh, and we had to keep putting it out, and yeah, and so it eventually just died in the middle of Indiana. We managed to drive just far enough up to some guy's house that had a, another shitty van outside. Who we were like, "Hey, uh, can we buy that van uh, and you take this one?" And uh, he did. He took it. He took our trailer, which sucked because uh. now our gear and us went in the back of this piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, van, but we made it to the next show. We were like, we will never miss a show. We will do, we will kill, we will, yeah, whatever we have to do. And that goes a long way with a booking agent. Yeah. Um, change gears a little bit. Yeah. Let's, uh, when were you in the Marines? Uh, I was 19 when I joined. Uh, so two-year stint it was the it was the uh gulf war i went in during uh i signed up during desert shield and uh went to boot camp um when the desert storm or whatever started and you know boot camps three and a half months long plus that you have to go through infantry school uh which is another month plus and uh, so, you know, what, the war lasted, like, two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the things that drives me so nuts about us going back into that country. So did uh, you ever go over there, originally? No, I never deployed to the Middle East. I just was sent, shipped all around the U.S. Like, after, the thing is, is, like, uh, after the Gulf War, um, they wanted to really downsize the military. They started closing bases. They started getting rid of programs. They got rid of the program that I was, I was a um, anti-air warfare, uh, shot down planes with missiles kind of thing. Uh, but, um, so, you know, uh, they just were sending us, I mean, I, I lived in, uh, I got stationed in uh, El Paso at Fort Bliss for a long time. Uh, which there's only a handful of Marines, this giant, giant army base. Uh, and man, El Paso is like maybe the shittiest place. Yeah. This was El Paso in the early 90s or At the drive-ins like. from there and they called it El Paso. <laughs> yeah. And right across the border, Juarez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up. I mean, that is straight up the Wild West. We were we were banned as Marines from going there. The Army were allowed to go there, but we were banned because a Marine had gotten stabbed in the chest. And, uh, and it, you know, it was... It's obviously a million times sketchier right now, right. but it was 100% sketchy back then. <laughs> you know, like, we even though we were banned, we went over there. Because <laughs> that's where the action was. You know, like, the... Whatever. Like, drinks are 50 cents, and there's... Drinks, crazy chicks and drinks most of the guys we were with most of the guys in my unit that uh, i was like they all wanted to go to whorehouses and i was like please don't 
<laughs> there's actual girls you can just pick up and don't go like you will get every disease ever thought of you'll get shit that they've never even thought of yet uh but it was yeah like dirt roads fucking the sewer sewers were On open sewers down yeah, the sides yeah. of the yeah it was like yeah the you know you open the swinging doors to go into places <laughs> and shit fights all the time i remember coming out really wasted one time and uh um uh i was with like a bunch of mexican uh chicks that we had met and guys from my unit and uh i went to a hot dog stand and i was like i'm getting one i'm starving i'm wasted i don't care and they were everybody i mean the mexicans were especially like no 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 i was like i no they were neon pink wrapped in who knows maybe i mean i'm sure it was mostly rat or whatever it definitely was no pork involved or whatever goes into a hot dog at the time uh but yeah i housed it and uh you're still alive i'm still here yeah were there any and I have immediate a really, repercussions? Nah. Wow. The only thing that ever happened over there was I got, it was, I think it was a, it wasn't the last time, but I got into a, a fight with a, a an army uh, MP at a bar because a guy that I was in friends Mexico. with. In Mexico. In Juarez. Yeah. yeah. Not a good place to, yeah. Uh, guy I was with liked a girl that he also liked. And he was like, Hey, you know, can you come up with me? I got to deal with this dude. So I was just there to sort of back him up kind of thing. And I'm just standing behind him. And this one guy is just dagger eyes, like at mad you? dogging me. Yeah, yeah, and me. I'm not even the guy that has anything to do with anything. Uh, and he's just, and yeah, he's so he's, he's mad dogging me. And I'm like, all right, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to lock eyes with this guy. But at the time I was, uh, you know, it's a stupid way to think about things but i was just like if he's gonna stare at me i'm gonna stare at him and we're gonna see how long this fucking lasts so we were staring at each other and then out of nowhere he leaps at me and claws my face are you sure this wasn't a dog <laughs> it could have been it could have been the hot the mexican guy selling the hot dog uh no, clawed you? Yeah, Whoa. like, like, literally, like, huge claw marks all the way down my face. What the fuck? Yeah. So I reached around, like, there, he reached around the guy that I was with and clawed my face out of nowhere. A, f a fight hadn't broken out. Like, Holy he just shit. decided, like, he was staring at me. He really wanted to claw me. He literally. That was just going like through his head. I'm gonna claw this guy. <laughs> I can't wait to do it. So he clawed me and. I, and he was fucking shit-faced, and right. I wasn't. Well, obviously. And reached around, and I reached around, I grabbed his collar, and just started, and my friend was sort of in the middle still, and was just, you know, like the freak-out fight. Right. Where you 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 go into, like, you know, you see red, and you yeah, just start, yeah. all you're doing is just, start, I'm like, I'm going to hit this guy in the nose as hard as I can, as fast as I can, until, you know, until he leaves the you alone. fight's over. Yeah. <laughs> And eventually I was just holding up him up and then some huge dude from came up from behind me, put me in a uh, full Nelson, lifted me off the ground. So my feet and I'm six, three and a half. This guy was like fucking six, seven and uh, dragged me out. I was like, all right, here's where I die. <laughs> and then threw me out on the street. And then the cops, Mexican police, which I use 
police is a really <laughs> yeah. loose term, uh, grabbed me. And they were like, you know, you're going to jail. And I'm like, oh, my God, my fucking life is over. Uh, and um, the girls that we were with came out. And they just, like, were arguing with the cops. And they sort of distracted them for a second. And then my friends just grabbed me and he tucked bailed. me into another place. What's that? He bailed. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I managed to get away. They managed to convince the cops not to... Thank God we knew actual, you know, locals. Right. And back then, it was it's hilarious. You know, this whole fucking border situation. Like, these girls, uh, they were, like, middle-class uh, girls that just like to, you know, hang out. I'm sure they were maybe hoping to uh, marry a dude in the military for, you know, the right. benefits that come with it, which I don't... <laughs> it's really not that rad. <laughs> but... Uh, but they they came and went all the time. They'd come to the to our base. They'd drive over the the you know Rio Grande, come in, hang out. I mean, when you were walking across Rio Grande to go into to Juarez, there'd be dudes you know wading through right the water or swimming. No one was pay- no one cared. Right. <laughs> uh, but they would come back and forth all right. the time. Really? Totally illegally. Yeah. I mean, they just, it, no one cared, and it so didn't matter. Right. I, I, the whole border thing is such a, a it's, uh, uh, what's the word um, that I'm looking for? Um, Bullshit? <laughs> no, uh, uh, what do you call it it's when it's like a, a made up problem? Oh. Like, uh, fabricated? No, there's a, there's a, I like there's the like word a, fabricated. Though. Yeah, that's a good word, but <laughs> there's a, there's a word for when, uh, Politic when politicians do it, yeah, like you know what I'm talking about when when they like the like the uh, uh, voter ID you know like the voter laws like that are going on the voter ID laws because they think that there's um, you know that there's a, this is rampant uh, <laughs> illegal voting going on all the time like right, pe- people right. are voting like 15 16 times which is you know whatever like which is it's none of it's true concocted constructed yeah fuck it who cares <laughs> it doesn't matter anyways point being is is like the whole idea that like the our border with mexico is this giant fucking issue is uh such bullshit in the Politics. sense that well one it, people aren't coming over the border anymore right barely i mean especially mexicans right uh you know they the job I mean, it's, especially during the when we had the recession, it really cut down on people coming into and this country. That's when everybody was making the most noise about it. Yeah, and then you've got guys like idiots like Trump that are talking about like, uh, you know, how he's going to pay for this giant idiotic wall <laughs> that people are going to climb over, or tunnel under, or walk around, or whatever. Uh, uh, he he wants to pay for it with by taking away remittances, which is what you know illegal immigrants over here send back to their families. Right. Or not even illegal immigrants. Anybody sends back to their families in in Mexico, right? Uh, you know, and these people are relatively poor, and they depend on and they, you know, it's like twenty six billion dollars. It's a lot of money goes back. It's one. Of, I think it might be like Mexico's largest source, source of, of the economy. <laughs> yeah, is remittances from the United States. But he wants to he wants to shut it down, right? Which what makes people want to leave Mexico and come to the United States? Being poor, exactly. So when they don't get their remittances, and you stop right. paying, and you sh- and you basically you you self destruct the Mexican government, right? 
They're gonna where are they gonna want to go over here? Yeah, uh, and they're gonna be able to get in. There's a whole Gulf of Mexico there that they can. We're never gonna be able to fucking get around. Yeah, and yeah. they're the last people we need to be worried concerned about. about. Yeah. You know, like uh, I know it's the, those damn Canadians, man, that I'm worried about. Yeah, Ted Cruz. Like, how'd that guy get into this country? <laughs> they should have built a wall on the northern board border to keep that guy out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Al-Qaeda, all these organ- terrorist organizations, there's been plenty of stories where they've approached, uh, you know, drug cartels, and they've tried to work out some sort of arrangement to get, you know, uh, sleeper cells right. or, or bombs or whatever. And they're like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> You're going bl- to blow up our, our yeah, billion dollar industry. We're not going to fuck around with that. Like, they're, they're the best security we have right. south of the border. The drug lords. Yeah. They'll kill any Al Qaeda motherfucker because <laughs> if they come across the border and they ruin it, yeah. They, you know, yeah, there goes their business. So, Max yeah. for president. Yeah, I would vote for you. <laughs> I'd vote for me. <laughs> I mean, look at our options are really limited. <laughs> I, you know, uh, speaking of politics, so I got to no. say that. The, uh, okay, go oh, no, no. Kidding. All I was going to say is that I'm not going to go Bernie bro on you and I'm not going to go Hillary. Right. I'm just going to go. Uh, we've got a narcissistic ignoramus <laughs> who's, you know, in Donald Trump. And we've got a literal Batman villain. Yep. In, <laughs> Cruz, I mean that guy. He's does he scary. not look like the penguin? He does. <laughs> yeah, or a guy wearing a melting Ronald Reagan <laughs> uh, Halloween mask. Like <laughs> he's and he's the the thing is is with with Trump, it's embarrassing because he's just full of shit and he's just fucking around. Right. But it's it it it, it doesn't excuse the language he's used and the, and how you know incendiary he's been and how vulgar. I mean the guy is a total pig. Yeah. But. He's he doesn't really the only thing he wants out of being president of the United States is to fly an Air Force One to have everybody salute him. Yeah, he's just in it for the you know the oh, accolades. Yeah. Cruz, on the other hand, is Dang. is like a Bond villain. Yeah, like he wants to you know fucking yeah s- destroy the world. He would nuke somebody. That guy, I'm sure he would. But I, both of them would. Uh, Donald Trump would nuke somebody in a heartbeat because if they made fun of his small hands. <laughs> Say goodbye to your country. Uh, You're even, fired. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. it is, number three. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but my point being is, is that we really have two horrible yeah. options. And what bums me out is uh, the fact that uh, progressives and liberals and people on the, on the left, Democrats, whatever you want to call them, uh, are... Starting, it's you can see it's starting to devolve into what the Republican Party is now. You've got the Bernie and Hillary people really going at it. It's getting kind of nasty, well, that's the- and, and it's a bum out. Like the the effort they should, you know, keep it civil, keep it on the issues, let them let them debate, right, and let people make their choices. Whoever it is is going to be a hundred thousand times better than anybody on the right, but. Uh, but the fact that they're getting into, it's getting ugly and I mean, the Republicans, it's their dream come true. If the Democrats head to a contested convention and it's ugly and people are saying like, I'm not going to support so-and-so, you know, Bernie people are not going to support Clinton. Clinton people will always support whoever (laughs) they're just diehard Democrats. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's a bummer. I just want to wait. I almost want to turn off the news. And even though I'm a weird news junkie, like it's a well, it's a time to be masochistic. It's hard thing. to turn it off now, but I feel the same way. I've gone a few days where I just don't turn it on because I can't because I can't deal with it anymore. Yeah, but you know, you just want to be like, look, just you know, let me know after the convention who I'm supposed to vote for, <laughs> and I will. You know, I don't want to sound like a you know a weird automaton robot, but. Uh, it's it's all you're doing is you're making sure that the Republicans don't put somebody in the White House because they're lunatics. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's I always thought, you know, with with I thought it couldn't get worse than George Bush. Right. He was, you know, clearly somebody that had no interest in being president, was dumb as shit, had no interest in learning anything, was weirdly like, you know, one of those born again Christian, you know, like I, which ex cokehead. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is like, I can't stand that whole aspect, which is like, I, you're allowed to be a fuck up and a douchebag your whole life and a scumbag. You could be a whatever. You could be a woman, wife beater, drug addict, uh, you know, crazy criminal. As long as you have that, like, I've come to Jesus moment, somehow all that gets erased right. and you are, you know, now you're, you know, uh, now you're, you're groovy. Yeah. That yeah, guy. It's a little cheap. Yeah, and it's 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 also massively lazy. <laughs> the whole idea of of you know that you can just confess to your sins at the at the end of your life and it's you get, get out of jail. Everybody gets a get out of jail free card. Yeah, I was just listening to someone was talking about this comedy bit where the guy was like, "I think Jeffrey Dahmer's in heaven because uh, he repented. He repented right before he died. <laughs> like, so that guy's in heaven, but you're not in heaven because you're a Jew, <laughs> right? Like, okay." <laughs> Yeah. Kurt Mesker said that, but yeah, it's all like, right. Now we've gone from politics to religion. Yeah, hey, yeah, I, you know, I always love talking <laughs> politics, religion, you name it. <laughs> Bernie, you know, he could be the first Jewish president. Yeah, even yeah. though you know, I, I don't think he gives a rat's ass about being Jewish. Uh, you know, but at the same time, there's a lot of non secular Jews in this country, uh, which I had, I've had two st- <laughs> I've had two stepfathers. That were there's one uh, in this room, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I read an interesting statistic that was like Bernie hasn't mentioned being Jewish once, where Clinton has mentioned being the first woman president like 67 times or something. It's like a running point for her where he's just like, Yeah, whatever, yeah. And because the weird thing is, is honestly, I think that, uh, uh, unfortunately, I think it's a bigger roadblock, yeah. Our country is, is, is like 80% Christian. Even though they feel like they're persecuted, <laughs> right? You know, right. like they're you know, the the what point zero zero one percent of the country that's Muslim is is enacting Sharia law all <laughs> over the place, and Christians can't come out and be themselves. It's friggin' there's war on Christmas. idiotic. There's a war on Christmas. Max. I know. Believe me, <laughs> I'm I'm behind it. I'm I'm, I'm behind I'm, it yeah. too. I've got way too many toys in the house we need to yeah. shut down christmas it costs a friggin fortune toys. yeah but black friday we need black friday oh yeah that's after thanksgiving right oh or, wait yeah you're right that's after thanksgiving yeah i get my holidays confused yeah i'm a bad american and a bad jew well no you yes you're a bad jew because <laughs> you're dealing with christmas yeah. You're not supposed to know about... Well, no, I don't know, so I guess I am a good Jew. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I totally fucked that up. Jews love Christmas. 
It's true. Everybody, Everybody because it's a, it's a it's a freaking secular holiday. It's absolutely I, secular. Yeah. The, I don't like the, the music drives me crazy. Oh, right. Really? What yeah, but I mean, song? don't you like the idea of like, uh, <laughs> or, or do you not? I, I'm weirdly sentimental about like uh, uh, holiday parties. Not, yeah. not in, like office holiday parties, but like getting together with family and friends and, you know, Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, it's and, huge. It's like, you know, it's one of the biggest social like times of the year. And I think it's, that's what it is. It is totally secular. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah. And that's why, that's why I'm saying like a lot of Jewish families uh, that I've known throughout my life have celebrated in a weird way, you know, some sort of Christmas. Uh, and Hanukkah essentially is sort of secular. Yeah, it's it's like one point, of the least it, important Jewish yeah, holidays. At this point, it's basically like, okay, same kind of deal. Yeah. Like an excuse just to hang out with family. Yeah, it's not Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah. Or right, any, right. Any of that, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's present time. Yeah. It's there. It's everybody's, you know, like Kwanzaa. That's I'm, some clearly made up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Max knows more about Judaism than I do. <laughs> well, I got a Jewish girlfriend, okay. and I've had two Jewish stepfathers, but I only went to to temple once. But you know, living in New York, it kind of just Yamaka? rubs off on you. I feel like living in New York, you sort of become honorary you're, Jewish. You're, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I've always said, for real. Yeah, because you know, you pick up Yiddish in like two seconds, or at least you know some of the better uh, curse words. Yeah, you're honor. You're definitely honorary. I feel that way. Congratulations. We welcome you. Thank you. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like, you know, I want to be part of the tribe. You're in. All right. I think I can do that, right? Is that I, how it works? I, I don't know. Yes, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just so, any any Jew can just say, hey, <laughs> you're part of the, the gang now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I could, do you have to jump me in at some point? No, no. We'll worship at black and white. Ah, <laughs> that's where we'll we'll meet. We'll meet. The temple. Yeah, that the, sounds the temple. kind of religious. Yeah. yeah, black and white. Yeah. We're back. That was Max Huber from the Swing and Utters, and now he's lives here and does a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, Max is definitely an interesting guy. That I didn't. That, I thought that that military stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah, because uh, it's an in- interesting aspect of his. We can do. We should. We we need to do another one with Max because like there's so much other shit we could talk about. Sure, if you can get him back out here, I would do it. Um, yeah, I'll talk to him. I gotta go see him maybe this weekend. Oh yeah, I gotta drop off some Girl Scout cookies. Really? Oh yeah. He and John bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies from. Barrett, my daughter. Dude, why didn't you hit me up about it? I don't know. I can't. I don't know why I didn't. You must not have been in here during the like week or two that she was doing it. <laughs> I could have bought some. Vanessa loves them. I could have bought some oh, for her. They're, not, they're so bad. Are they? Ugh. I haven't had them in so long. It's like somebody said that there's like two different factories in the country that make them, and like we have the shit one. Really? Factory. They're just they like you know when you eat a cookie. I mean, dude, I've eaten tons of them. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you know, it's like when you can taste the tropical oils yeah yeah that's not good but that said like the lemon something the lemon ones are really they're like one of those cookies that you eat it and you're like oh that's not really it doesn't make a big impression it's like not too sweet yeah and then you like eat another one and then and then you eat the whole box yeah i like lemon flavor i've been eating these lemon zest luna bars lately (laughs) yeah which is like they're like these are bars for women, and I was like, it's a <laughs> granola bar, and then they're like, oh, it's like more calcium. I was like, I, I noticed you're growing breasts. 
I bought I bought a case of these aluminum bars on Amazon because they were so good. When I was in LA, I was like, at, we were at some meeting and they had them, and I was like, these are awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm almost done, and I'm actually a little burned out on them because they are really sweet, but it's delicious. Mm, um. Anyways, <laughs> she'd probably bring this to a close. Yes, we should. <laughs> Unless. Luna Bar, if you're listening and you want to sponsor us, uh, I think we could definitely market your bars towards a male audience as well. Yeah, we can make them the bar, the tour bar. Yeah, the tour Every bar. Every band has some kind of energy bar and they're fucking Yeah, rider, and everyone so. needs calcium, so think about it. Uh, if you want to donate to us, um, the amount of, a couple dollars, the amount of money that would cost to say buy a Luna Bar, uh, you can go to goingofftrack.com, donate, um... If you don't want to give us money, you can uh, leave us a nice comment on iTunes. You can write us an email. Talk about us to your friends. Talk about us to your friends. Uh, yeah, we've been getting a lot of nice comments. A lot of really good comments about the podcast I did with Benny. People seem to love that one, except for one girl that said uh, she thought it needed more of a female point of view. So we keep that in mind. Also, uh, we have a lot of uh, podcasts Featuring females, so maybe... The podcast between you and Benny needed more of a female point of view. It was a very male-centric. I understand what she's saying, but I, I also feel like we do have a lot, so maybe just, you know, check it out. Do a little research. I think you'll be surprised and pleased with what you find. Uh, <laughs> and that's it for us next week. We'll I'm be back next week. i my tongue. Yes. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.